You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about YA books and interviewing author and literary agent Eric Smith. But first, what are you reading, Bria? I read a real—I'm doing a lot of research reading right now, Mm -hmm. which none of those books I felt like are— worth sharing <laughs> so far uh but they are helpful to me um but i last night i took a break from that and i read a book that was suggested on our trans epi- episode by my cousin called gumballs it's a graphic, oh, graphic novel by aaron nations and um it's super great it's great for a lot of reasons but um if you for people it, it so he goes through the process of like this is what it's like to, you know, get on hormones and, like, these are the changes of your body. But it's all done in graphic novel, like, Aww. cute form. So yeah. it's, like, you know, him being, like, why do I smell bad? And, like, you know, things like that. you're going through another pu- puberty. Going through second puberty, basically. Wow. Like, a, a different puberty. Yeah. Uh, and so he talks about that transition. He also talks about, like, working in a grocery store um, and a lot of things that happen when you're, like, a trans person. Like, which bathroom does he use? You mm-hmm. know, like, because he's transitioning while working there. And, like, do the people who work there with him, who he hasn't come out to, do they feel cool with him? Use, like, which bathroom does he use? But then in between, there's all these little, like, stories or vignettes, uh, like, little personal ads from people from the internet that are funny. But the thing I like the most about it is that uh, it's very Pacific Northwest. I feel like Portland, You're Oregon... You're really into Pacific Northwest I, I, books. Well, my mom lives there. But also, like, I just feel like Portland, Oregon people have their own sense of humor. Like, they're just, like... Yep. They have such a, like, sense of humor about, pe- about like, oh, we love riding bikes and uh, craft beers. And, like, yes. it's, like, a very, like, specific... They're made, like, entirely out of flannel. Pretty much. And so he really takes that, like, he takes that... Like, if you like that Portland kind of humor where you can really laugh at Portlandia, I think that you'd really enjoy this book. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great. What are you reading? I just started a book called The Graces by Laura Eve. And so it's I'm excited that I'm reading it for this episode because it's YA and I don't read a ton of YA. And this book is basically like there's this girl, the main character, and she goes to high school. And the cool girls in the high school are a little different in this book because the cool girls are witches. Ooh. And she, of course, everybody thinks the cool girls are the best. And they're all, they all, they like whisper about them because they, they like everyone knows there's something like different about them. And of course, she wants to be part of that. And it's really cool. So it's a beautiful book. I have a hardcover and it's just like, it got my attention because it has this, it's like kind of witchy looking at his big eye and like oh. lightning and purple clouds and stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm going to feel very fancy with this book. <laughs> and so that's The Graces by Laura Eve. And Gumballs by Aaron Nations. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Chriselle says, I've recently started listening to Reading Glasses and I'm working my way through your backlog. Listening to you two talk about books finally got me to pick up reading again and I'm hoping to finish a few of my half-read books. But I just listened to your book shame episode and I have to say mine is pretty bad. For my capstone project in college, I wrote a 30-page literary and philosophical analysis of Fight Club, but I never actually got around to reading the book. (laughs) I got an A- on the paper. I still haven't read it and I've never seen the movie. That is incredible. You know what? I think Fight Club is actually one of those books that, like, you can understand through osmosis of culture. Like, you just, like, you understand. You're like, right, I get it. There's, like, you know, the rules of Fight Club. Ikea catalog. And also he's... Masculinity and capitalism are toxic. Yeah, got it. Oh, no. Yes. Soap. Lots of soap. for. I've I've never read Fight Club, but I've never read a paper on it. Or never wrote a paper on it. Me neither. But I did watch (laughs) the movie. (laughs) 
Uh, Stacy says, I have a photo album in my phone called Books. That's books with an exclamation point. I take screenshots from the podcast show notes and highlight titles that sound interesting. If I hear about a book in some other way, I'll look for it on Amazon and snap a screenshot. If I'm at a bookstore, I take pictures of the covers. Then, I, when I have time later, I flip through the album and see what's available at my library. It worked well to have a readily accessible list with photos that I can quick refer, refer to quickly and easily. Then... Oh, yes, and then Stacy sent in some cat pictures. I just want to chime in here. I mean, yes, Stacy, this is a really cool idea, but we've had this random uptick in people sending their the, us photos of their cats with with books. Yeah. And I'm so here You're for into it. it. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I thought it. you were gonna say you were and I was like, that doesn't seem like you. No, I am so excited about it. That's why I wrote it in the show like wrote it in the outline. Stacy sent some cute cat pictures. Oh, that's great. Stacy. Stacy. And I love this idea. And also that's great. If you are looking any any podcast you listen to that does show notes, which is like all of them. Yeah. All of the book podcasts do it pretty much us especially, you can go through and take a photo of it and yeah. yeah just screenshot really it. Go to the way. our max fun maximumfun.org and go to the our blog and just screenshot the little list. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Freya wrote in with a wheelhouse. Freya's wheelhouse is magic school, mm-hmm. haunted houses, <laughs> ghost hunts, queer women who survive until the end of the book or the series. Chosen families, unreliable memories, Ooh, and like that malleable reality, and stories told through journal entries, police reports, medical records, etc. I like those too. I like that quite a bit. Uh, also, I just want to do a quick bookmark. Uh, I want to thank all the wonderful librarians I met at ALA last week. Oh yeah, how was ALA? Two, uh, it was. I I'm pretty sure that when I die, I will go to ALA because <laughs> you walk in and it's like it's like a convention, but the like there's no general public. It's just library people. So everyone's like very nice and calm and like it's not crazy. And they whisper. It's very quiet. <laughs> I walked to, when I walked, my first day, I walked in and I was like, this, everything is so quiet and calm. I was like, holy shit, it feels like a fucking library. <laughs> and everyone has cool hair and cool glasses and there's free books everywhere. Oh my God. It's incredible. Wow. And I got to meet so many librarians. It was like, when you have a sign, this was my first book signing for Lady from the Black Lagoon. And when you have a book signing, it's like throwing a birthday party and you're convinced that nobody's going to show oh, up. I know. Because <laughs> I've got, I mean, I've had three, I've had some comic book series yeah, come so out, and it's know. like so scary to go to like a con and be like ready to sign something. And, no and one, then you feel super embarrassed because yeah. you're like, hi. I know. Uh, but I walk up and I like, I'm like, oh man, I wish I had that girl's line. And my pub, my publicist was like, Mallory, that's your line. Oh yeah. You told me that's so great. It was so amazing. We ran out of books. So thank you all. I got to meet so many cool people. I even, uh, I got to meet this librarian named Becky who we were at the, went through airport security together, which was really funny. Uh, yeah. And you both had to like pull out all your 400 books. Yes. Yes. (laughs) It was just so wonderful. I was so terrified and so nervous. And I got to meet so many people who were like, Big reading glasses fans, which made me super happy. I was like oh, texting nice. Bray, like, oh, there's so many reading glasses people here. So I cannot thank you all enough for the support. Thank you for all the work that you do as librarians. It was great. I hope when I die, I go to ALA. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we talk about YA books, we're going to take a quick break. Hey, Mallory. Hey, Bria. I have a story for you. Tell me, tell me the story. Recently, I got an email saying we were unable to process your credit card because my credit card had expired. And guess who it was from? Squarespace. It was. I have two websites with Squarespace, and they let me know several times that they were unable to process my credit card. But then guess what I did? I updated it, and then my website, it stayed up that whole time. They didn't even take it down. That's so nice. It is really nice. Um, I love Squarespace because even though... 
you know, I didn't update my credit card when I'm supposed to, they they still let me have a website, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> I just redid my Squarespace website. Ooh, tell me all about it. I'm about to go on book tour, and Alan took some really cool pictures of us recently, and I liked them so much that I wanted to put one on my website. Ooh. So now it looks really professional. Ooh. And it's really important to have a professional website if you do all kinds of stuff. If you have events, if you are do professional services, if you have a blog, if you have a podcast. Yeah, if you sell stuff. That's a really important thing. To, that's All this stuff can be done on Squarespace. Yeah, you can co- turn your cool idea into a website. You can publish content. You can have a little store to sell your stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really easy to make. Yes. I'm sure you used a template. I used a template. I totally used a template because I don't know how technology works. But even with that, I got to have a beautiful website. Yeah, you and it lays put it out. stuff in there. It lays it out for you. You're like, I want to put this here, this here. You just pull it over there, and there it is. It's so easy. It is so easy. Easy. It makes me feel very smart. You got, you can you gotta make your life stand out. Make it make it stand out with a beautiful website from Squarespace. Yeah, it's 2019. Make your ideas into into cool stuff. So you can head to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code Glasses to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's for the whole year. 10% for the whole year. That's amazing. That's squarespace.com. Enter code Glasses. Glasses. Not all heroes wear capes. Some heroes watch war movies and then review them. (laughs) Friendly Fire is a war movie podcast for people who don't necessarily like war movies, although it does not exclude people who love war movies. I'll have you know that I am wearing a cape. My cape is just made of sound-deadening material from an audio recording studio. (laughs) It's a really great show. John's daughter doesn't like it because we sometimes say swear words on it, but almost everybody else that has ever listened to it has enjoyed the the program. Download and subscribe to Friendly Fire wherever you get your podcasts. To the victor go the spoiler alerts. This week, we're finally talking about YA books. But first, we've talked about them before, but not a whole episode. Not a whole episode. Yeah. But first, what is YA? So, YA stands for young adult, and it's a genre of books for readers 12 to 18. That's right. It's it's about the audience. It's not always about the age of the characters. YA books are meant for a young adult audience. So the experience of being a teenager is really important to YA and all the YA subgenres because, you know, you can have YA, any, like, fantasy, sci-fi. So this means feelings, new experiences, (laughs) lots of the both of those. And there are definitely books that are for adults that have teenage characters, and there are definitely books for teenagers that have adult characters. Does this seem sort of fluid? Yes. So people love to argue about YA. It can be kind of nebulous. And also, there has been recently been a categorization in the past few years called new adult. This is very confusing because there's young adult and then there's new adult. But it means exactly what it sounds like. It, that's new adult stuff. So characters in these books are usually college age, doing new adult things, like having regrets and trying to figure out bills. and can get a little confusing. So, like, new adult is, like, 18 to 24-ish and YA is 12 to 18 um, so a little history on young adult books. The first time um, we, like in our modern culture, really thought about the transition from childhood to adulthood as being 
like something different wasn't until the 1950s and 60s. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. We didn't think about teenagers. We were just like, you're a child and now you're an adult. Like you go straight from one to the other. Oh, yeah. You're like, you're 14 now. It's time to start paying bills and getting a job. I hope you know what you're doing with your life. (laughs) Um, Where, like, we don't expect you to run wild or like have this transitional, like, phase. Um, So in the 1950s and 60s, you saw books like Lord of the Flies and Catcher in the Rye, take a look at this. And by the 1960s, you had a lot of books that were sort of the under 30 experience, and that includes um, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings and The Bell Jar. And then by the 1970s and 80s, publishers were like, oh my God, this makes a lot of money. Like, teenagers like to read about themselves. And they really started to push YA as we know it and go into some of the darker subjects that we see YA uh, exploring. So people, if you have a trigger warning, beware. A lot of YA has like suicide, rape, parental murder. I mean, there's like, it goes into really dark subjects. Yeah, some people are like, oh, it's for young adults. That means it's going to be full of unicorns that everyone's going to be playing. No, people are going to fucking die. Yeah. Um, And YA, and at the same time, we have these darker subjects. YA romance got really popular Mm. as well. And then the 90s hit, and Hello, Harry Potter made so much money, and everybody was like, we have to write a YA book. Harry Potter was like the Kool-Aid man of YA. It just like burst in. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, time, I'm fucking here now. I've changed everything. Uh, also, so we want to get something out of the way. YA books are great and they're very important and everybody can read them. You're not weird or immature if you read and love YA books and all of the YA subgenres like YA romance and sci-fi and fantasy. These stories are really amazing. We do not support the kind of people who are like, oh, why are you writing and reading romance if you're an adult? Like, no, that's yeah. that's not okay. It's very true. Wait, can I? I'm gonna tell a story. So I was on a date with a guy, not recently. <laughs> you're gonna say I was on a date with a book. I was on a date with a book. No, I was on a date with a guy. Um, hopefully he doesn't listen to this podcast. It's he won't know who. Well, maybe he will. But it was like you know before I met my current person that I'm with, and he we were talking and he was a writer and he wrote literary fiction and he was like and he said something in the date where he we were talking and he was like what are you reading and I was like oh I'm reading this right now and it was a real bookish date we we're talking and then he's oh. like and then he made some sly comment about like slight against YA and he was like I just can't believe adults would read YA it seems so throw your wine glass right it in seems his face? so crazy and at the time I think I like I was literally about to say to him but I read a ton of YA but he and literally I was like do I say something and I was like I don't have to say something. I'm just not going to go out with him again. And then I dump that guy. Did not to go out with him again because he was so judgmental about YA books. Yeah. And you know what? He really missed out. Even though I read YA books, I don't think that's lame. I think that's cool. It's cool as fuck. You don't want to. You'd wake up in the morning next to me and have me explain the plot of a really specific <laughs> YA science fiction book to you because that's what I want to do. <laughs> anyway. In fact, okay. overall, uh, half of all YA readers are adults, yeah. like Bray Grant. I feel like that's a great dating rule. Like, if they don't like YA, don't go out on a date with them. You it's don't like have the to Spice like Girl song. Y- you don't have to, like, read it, but I do think that, like, you need to be aware of the fact that adults read it and doesn't, it's not a bad thing. Yeah, yes. No, it's, it's like the Spice Girl song. If you want to be my lover, you have to get with YA. <laughs> <laughs> or at least be okay with it. So, Bria, what are some of your favorite YA books? You've been um, waiting for this episode for years. No, I mean, it's funny. Of course, like, when we when I was thinking about this, I was like, I don't know. Like, it's, like, so hard because I do feel like I read, like, not half the books I read every year, but a good yeah. third are probably YA. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I, I think I can always suggest Harry Potter, Hunger Games. Like, these are, like, you know, the go-to yeah. YA staples. Um But YA, because it because this the genre of YA has a you know, very strong affair with science fiction and fantasy. I end up reading a lot of them. Mm-hmm. They go to the movies together. Yep. They 
have affairs. They leave, but then they can't always come back. Yep. Um, they have a little, if YA had a little locket around its neck, it would open it up and there would be sci-fi on one side and fantasy, fantasy on, on the, the other. other. <laughs> um, I love, there's a, there's a series about the young female descendant of Sherlock Holmes um, by Brittany Cavallero. Uh, the first one's called A Study in Charlotte. I love those books. I think they're really good. They're like mysteries, but it's like a There's teen. There's a new one coming out this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's about, it's, you know, a teen Sherlock Holmes descendant. She's solving crimes, and she's also Nothing like a dark. young woman solving a crime. Yeah, but she has like a, she has a lot of mysteries about her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's just like, I just was like, maybe I should just cover like the ones I went, I read last year. Or um, things I really liked last year were Dread Nation, which I've talked about a lot on the show. The Fifth Wave. I can't remember if I read that or not last year, but I really liked it. Um, the Hate You Give. You and I both really liked that mm-hmm. book. Made into and a she movie. has a new book coming out on the come up, mm-hmm. Angie Thomas. Mm-hmm. It's a big, buzzy book of 2019. Um, there's this book called War Cross, uh, which is sort of like a female ready player one, mm-hmm. if you were into that. I mean, this is like this is one of those things that I feel like when people ask me about, it's too hard because it's... It's the same with science fiction and fantasy when people are like, what's a good sci-fi book? I'm like, they're all good. What do you mean? (laughs) It's too hard. Don't make me pick. I love them all. They're my babies. Don't make me pick. What about you? Do you have have some you can suggest? What a surprise. I'm a big fan of YA horror books. Um, Some books I... I, I've talked about some of the ones that I really, really love before. Uh, Some books I haven't talked about uh, are Delilah Dawson's Servants of the Storm, The Agony House by Sherry Priest. Um, We had Madeline Rue on. Her House of Fury series is amazing. I also love more, like, weird fiction, like I Crawl Through It by A.S. King. Uh, I don't read a ton of YA because YA has a lot of feelings and it can make me really anxious because it's just like, that's what it's like being a teenager. You know, every, you feel everything like 500%. So I think YA horror books are perfect for me because scary things are happening. So all those intense feelings are normal. You're like, oh my gosh, everything's crazy. But it's okay because like, there's a monster trying to eat me. Like a literal yeah. monster trying to eat me. Instead of like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed because the guy that I have a crush on, you know, spit down my the back of my dress at school oh god he hates me and like that makes me so stressed out right but if there's a monster i'm like okay cool these feelings like are already up on 10 yeah i mean i think that i think the the ya like change in life really goes hand in hand with horror or sci-fi or fantasy or genre because what's a bigger change than having like a monster appear in your life you know what's a bigger change than realizing you have superpowers Mm -hmm. what's a bigger change than you know what i mean so like that's why those kind of go hand in hand because a lot of times it's just a metaphor for becoming an adult. It's a metaphor yes. for having new responsibilities. And that's so scary. And all, like, it's <laughs> weird to think about when you're a teenager, like your body changing. So, I mean, we were talking earlier, the book that you're the graphic novel you're reading, like puberty is terrifying. It's like yeah. a body horror thing. So like you're growing and weird things are happening and hair everywhere. Like, so that's why like I love YA werewolf stuff, um, anything that has to do with horror. Cause it's just such a great metaphor. And it like, it I don't know. It makes me less anxious. <laughs> well, I love like it, I love that moment in YA book where like they're dealing with all of the horror stuff and they fought the monster and then they're like, "Huh, now it's now I'm going back to high school." And I know. I do fine. love that going back to high school. Like now I have to act like everything is normal, but I'm still apparently a kid going to high school. And it feels like things are less stressful. Like I want that. Whenever I get stressed out, I'm like, man, if I just went and fought a monster, like I would be so much happier to just sit here and answer all these stressful emails because <laughs> it puts it in perspective. Like. That, so that I really, really, really love. Uh, so you can send your thoughts on YA books to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we talk to Eric Smith, we're going to take a quick break. 
Dead Pilot Society brings you exclusive readings of comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Patton Oswalt. So the vampire from the future sleeps in the dude's studio during the day, and they hunt monsters at night. It's Blade meets the odd couple. Adam Scott and Jane Levy. Come on, Corey. She's too serious, too businessy. She doesn't know the hokey pokey. She'll learn what it's all about. <laughs> Busy Phillips and Dave Keckner. Baby, this is family. My uncle Tell, who showed his wiener to Cinderella at Disneyland, is family. Do you want him staying with us? He did stay with us for three months. And he was a delight. <laughs> a new pilot every month, only on Dead Pilot Society for maximum fun. So here we are with author and literary agent, Eric Smith. Eric, thank you so much for joining us. Goodness, thank you. Eric, what are you reading right now? Oh, man. So I'm one of those people that reads uh, several books at the same time, and then it all just kind of blends together. Um, so right now, I'm in the middle of two sequels. Uh, one's called Ruse by Cindy Pon, which is the sequel to her book, Want. Uh, and the other book is An Anatomy of Beasts by Olivia A. Cole, which is the sequel to uh, A Conspiracy of Stars. Um, both are sci-fi, and they're just like these unapologetic sequels. Like, they just jump right in. There's like no special exposition chapter. Like, it's just, if you haven't read those first books, you're kind of you're kind, you're hosed there. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, so can, I, can I talk a little about them, but that's okay? Um, yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah. So, so Want takes place uh, in like this near future where the pollution is so thick that the wealthy wear these like exosuits to breathe and survive. It gives very like, uh, you know, 1990s exosquad vibes while you're reading it, um, while the poor are like suffering and dying in the, in the streets. Um, and a group of teenagers, they rise up to try to take on the elite and fight for a better future because maybe that pollution isn't an accident um, and, and hijinks ensue. Uh, and in A Conspiracy of Stars, um, it's set on this faraway planet where humans are analyzing and studying this new place. Intentions are brewing with the native population. Um, and it's this really clever and like gorgeously world-built novel about colonization and race Um the world building is just, it's just, I don't know. It's like the best like space opera-esque kind of book I've read in a while. Um, yeah, so I'm reading the sequels to those books. Um, and they're both duologies. So it's, uh, you know, they, the sequels come out soon. So, you know, treat yourself and read two books in a weekend and you'll, you'll love it. Hell yeah. Awesome. So speaking of, you released a book last year called The Girl in the Grove. Can I you did. tell us about it? Yeah, yeah. So uh, it came out with Flux um, and it is a... Uh, like YA uh, contemporary fantasy uh, mashup. Like it's very contemporary in the beginning and then, then just dives into to fantasy uh, in the middle of the book. And it's, um, it's about a teen girl uh, in Philadelphia uh, uh, who's adopted as a teenager and discovers that her uh, biological origins might have something to do uh, with the trees in the city park. Um, and as she ventures in there to, to uncover the, the mystery, there's um you know, some magical creatures, uh, sort of in this uh, surprising uh, urban setting. It's I've, I've sort of comped it to like Fern Gully uh, in the inner city, um, which is maybe a bad comp because I don't know how many teenagers have watched Fern Gully uh, recently. But it 
it works for me for now. <laughs> I recall Fern Gully very well. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so this whole episode is about YA, and besides being a novelist, you're also Book Riot on Book Riot's uh, Hey YA podcast. Yeah. Um, so what do you love about YA stories? Oh, man. Well, you know, young adult books for me, they're, they're just – there's a great way of trying to create empathy in, in younger readers. Uh, like you get to experience so many worldviews that you might not necessarily get as a teenager growing up in, uh, you know, wherever you happen to might be. Uh, and a lot of YA these days has just, goodness, just such great representation and better representation of the books I read as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a kid, there were no books for the teenager trying to find, you know, a a brown kid in a novel. Um, and the only ones that existed were, you know, books about people that look like me uh, not doing so well, you know? And the books that are out now, you know, we see, you know, kids of color and, and, and kids in the queer community just like thriving and living their lives. Uh, and I just love seeing that in young adult books because those those teenagers need to see themselves represented well in a uh, in pop culture. You know, when you, when you see pop culture acknowledging your existence, it... Um, I don't know. It just makes it makes the world a little better to deal with. Um, and I feel like YA, that's that's just why I love it so much. It, it creates that space. So what books or authors really got you hooked on YA? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, so there's, there's, a, there's a little side story there. Um, so I used to work at Quirk Books, a publisher in Philadelphia. Uh, and we were gearing up to publish our first YA novel, which was uh, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Uh, and I hadn't really read much YA uh, for for a while. Um, so while I was reading it and gearing up to market it, I was like, well, I need to understand this community before I try to tell them to read this book. So I picked up books by authors like um, Susan Dennard, uh, Beth Revis, uh, Anna Banks, um, Zoraida Cordova. Uh, and I just, I just fell in love with these books um, that I hadn't read in geez, I don't know how long, in a, in a really long time. Um, so after that, I was kind of ruined, and I started to write, try to write my own books. Uh, and since then, you know, I, I've i read every book that Jeff Zentner has written. Uh, Tara Sims' uh, Timekeeper trilogy is brilliant. Um, Libba Bray, Nova Rensuma, Victoria Schwab, Lauren Gibaldi. Um, ah, there are just so many. <laughs> <laughs> So, and you're also on the other side of the publishing world. You're a literary agent. Do you yes. want to tell us a little bit about what you do there? Yeah, yeah. So I, I work on a lot of YA books. You know, I'm very fortunate to work with authors like uh, Samir Ahmed, whose New York Times bestselling book, uh, Love, Hate, and Other Filters, uh, came out in paperback today, actually, the day we're recording. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Um, yeah, and authors like uh, Rebecca Phillips, Dave Connis, um, Becca Potos. There, there's, there's, there are a number of them. And it is, it is a lot of fun. Um, and I also work, uh, across, uh, the categories too. I work on cookbooks, um, cocktail books, uh, memoirs. Um, let me see. Yeah. Adult literary fiction, uh, a little bit of everything. Um, I like weird books. I feel like my time at Quirk sort of did that to me. <laughs> uh, I like books that are, uh, like genre mashy kind of like any of you either read, uh, station 11, Oh, yeah. Oh, right. That's like, oh, for me, that's like the perfect book. Like, I want yeah. to work on all the books like that. <laughs> <laughs> so weirdness, is that the kind of stuff that you're looking for as an agent? Just something oh, exciting? Yes. Yeah, it's just sort of strange and unusual um, books that tell a bit of history that, you know, might 
be lost on younger readers or older readers who might not have heard of things like that. Like, like Mallory, like I'm so excited about your book. Because <laughs> uh, so much. Oh, yeah, because I feel like it does that. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, weird, unusual, um, and sort of hard to pin down in the bookstore. Like I, I like to say when I go to conferences, like if you can't figure out where your book belongs uh, on the bookshelf, uh, then it belongs in my inbox. Uh, <laughs> I like books like that. <laughs> and so you have a new book coming out next year. Do you have any client books that are coming out in 2019 that you're excited about? Yeah, yeah. Um, my author, Mike Chen's debut, uh, Here and Now and Then, uh, comes out in just a couple of weeks. It is a, uh, it's sort of like The Time Traveler's Wife if Nick Hornby had written it. So it's um, a novel about a time travel agent who gets trapped in the past, uh, raises a family, starts a life, and then gets rocketed back to the future like almost two decades later uh, and has to grapple with trying to raise his daughter uh, from 100 years away. Um, and it's just really beautiful and sad and funny. Um, Another novel by uh, Samira Ahmed, who I mentioned earlier, uh, called Internment, which is uh, about a Muslim internment camp here in America, uh, set in like a not so distant, uh, terrifying future, and about a teen girl who leads the resistance from inside the walls. Oh, and then uh, a memoir by an author named Bassi Ipke. Uh, she's famous for her time on uh, Def Jam Poetry, uh, about her life as a uh, bipolar woman of color, uh, and what her uh, experiences have been like coming out with a Harper Perennial in the summer. So there's there's quite a bit and it's uh it's a lot of fun. It's I have a little party every time a book comes out. Hell yeah. <laughs> so tell us about your reading life. Do you have any reading quirks you want to share? Ooh, reading quirks. Um I feel like the number one one is that I just I read too many books at the same time and then when I finish a book and people ask me what it was about, I'm like, well, I, I remember what the cover looks like. Like stuff sort, of, <laughs> stuff sort of disappears. Um, but yeah, reading a lot of books at the same time, that's that's probably the number one one. Um, and maybe sometimes I like to put off certain books for like the perfect moment uh, just because I know I want to like have that special amount of time and be in that right place. Um, yeah, maybe that's it. Oh, we totally, we totally feel you with that. Yeah. Um. So you like a lot of weird stuff and a lot of sci-fi stuff. Um. Is there anything else in your reader wheelhouse that makes you just like you see it and you're like, I have to pick that book up and read it? Ooh. Uh. I feel like I'm kind of messed up when it comes to that. Because <laughs> uh, whenever I see a new novel out and it's a book like A Plague Has Decimated the Earth, I'm like, oh, yes, okay, I need that book. Um, <laughs> it's like a book about like a survivalist or something. Uh. Like, you know, someone living off the grid in like a bunker. I don't know what it is about those books, but I, I, I have to read those like immediately. I feel the exact same way. Yeah. So don't, it's not weird. <laughs> but, no, that totally. is, that's totally Bria's wheelhouse. Yeah. She's yeah. like, oh, everyone's dead. I have to read that. I have to read it. <laughs> Eric, where can we find you online? Uh, well, I have a website, uh, ericsmithrocks.com, um, where I, I list the books I've written and a lot of the books by my clients and nice little pictures um that's also my twitter name and my instagram uh handle um i used to take photos for bands so that was like my little branding and then i just left it so <laughs> awesome eric thank you so much for joining us oh thank you for letting me come on here and ramble i'm i'm thrilled and mallory i can't wait for your book i really can't <laughs> oh my gosh thank you so much now it's time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Liddy writes in, I buy a lot of used books and sometimes an ARC will make its way to me. I keep my books so the ethical dilemma of reselling doesn't apply, but I know 
One, the author was not compensated for the book. And two, there may have been some changes in the final printing. Would you recommend I buy a non-ARC version? Uh, so speaking from debut author experience, I if you can afford it, definitely. Um, the final version of Lady from the Black Lagoon is different and has a ton of pictures in it, which the ARC does not have at all. Um, and so I try, and for me, like as a reader, like I try to buy books that I've read advanced copies of if I love them. Um, and if that's not financially feasible, you know, you can do your best to compensate the author. I'm not talking about like sending them a 20 in the mail. I'm talking about like, write them an email and tell them that you love the book. Honestly, the biggest thing is posting about it on social media or recommending it to a friend. Like the whole purpose of advanced review copies is helping to build buzz and spread the word. So if you get an advanced review copy and you love it, like, even if it's a book that came out a few months ago or a few years ago, give them a good review somewhere on Amazon or Goodreads. Talk about it on social media. Recommend it. Like, all these are ways to support the author. And that's, like, then you are fulfilling the point of an arc. But for me, as a reader, like, if I really, like, I bought, like, three copies of Priest Daddy, because I, even though I read it in art form because I loved it so much. Or, like, I bought the audiobook because I wanted to get a new version of it or a different uh, experience with it. So, but that, like, again books are expensive so yeah. you can't always do that bria what are you gonna do i mean i'm kind of deferring to you on this but i mean an idea that just came to me if you loved the book i mean obviously tweet about it write about it tell talk about how much you love it because that i mean that's how i find out about all the books i read is people talking about them on the internet or telling me about them or yeah. or whatever if you have a podcast or you know talk about it on that but uh, you know, all those people who have podcasts, which I, I think is everyone Actually, now. yeah, I think everyone. I'm pretty sure everybody we know has a podcast. Yeah. Um, but what if you loved the book, you could always buy it for a friend. So then you have bought the, bought the book. Yeah. Um, and they you're spending the money. The author gets the money and or some of the money. And then your friend also gets this book that you really liked. I mean, if you're a collector, I don't see any. I think it's great. Go ahead and buy the versions of that book that you want. I'm not a collector, so it would be weird for me to go and buy a book when I already don't want that many number of books in yeah. the house. But I see buying it for a friend. That's a really good idea. I also, this, I know you said to don't send the author a 20 in the mail, but, you know, I don't know. If you really feel, like, a lot of guilt about it and you need to do something, you can reach out to the author and say, like, hey, what's your PayPal? I'd love to send you 10 bucks because, like, that's about how much you would get from a book, right? 10 bucks? Uh, no, well, it depends. From, I think for hardcovers, my agent said I think I make between $1 and $2 a book. Great. So you can send someone $5, and guess what? <laughs> you, have, you have gone over that amount. Yeah. Or if they have a Patreon or yeah. a co co is it a Ko-Fi coffee account? There's like ways that you the coffee is C it's K O F I. Oh yeah, I've seen it. And it's like basically it's a way for people like oh if you liked my writing you could buy me a coffee. So oh, it's nice. like a way to send someone five bucks. I think that that kind of thing is great. And yeah. I mean it just shows that you know whatever. But for me like. You know, sometimes people go see, like, a movie I'm in at a festival, so then they are not buying it later. They're not paying for it. Um, sometimes they download it for free on the— uh, we illegally. were just talking Don't about that. Don't tell me about it. God, yeah. it makes me so mad when someone's like, I downloaded your—I illegally downloaded your movie. I'm like, why would you tell me? That's like you said you came to my house, yeah. went through my purse, and took $3 out That's, and walked away. Yes, you're literally saying, hi, I stole from you. Yeah. It's really weird. And also, if you, like, can't really, really can't afford it, like, ask for a link to a movie. I don't know. Maybe if you know me, yeah. especially if you know me. Also, yeah, I'm always surprised. Like, I'm getting—that happens to me with movie stuff a lot. And, I'll, like, 
and also author stuff. People are like, oh, I, lo- I illegally downloaded your thing. And I'm like, have you ever heard of the fucking library, dude? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. super, don't ever do that to an author or a filmmaker or any kind of artist. Never tell them, well, first off, you shouldn't steal from them in the first place, <laughs> but never be like, hey, I stole your movie. Yeah. Yeah, or, like, if you did later, yeah, buy them a cup of coffee. You know, yeah. like, when you see them at an event, bring a cup of coffee and be like, hey, I'm really sorry. Before I knew that I shouldn't buy things, I shouldn't download things illegally, I did that with your work. And so here's a cup of coffee. Yeah. And I think that's fine. Yeah. You, we all learn. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, when I was, I remember when I was a teenager, I used to illegally download music all the time. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, this is why the music industry's dying. Mm-hmm. And now I pay for everything. Or And now, and now yeah. Sean has to... Has to be has to do the engineering for our, a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the circle. This is the reason Sean has to do this. So I guess maybe not. I mean, all's well that ends well. Yeah, <laughs> worked out well for us. <laughs> no, but seriously, please don't steal from us. <laughs> so if you want us to solve your reader problem, send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember that you can buy Reading Glasses tote bags and shirts and bookmarks in the Maximum Fun store. You can show off your love of reading and support us which and look really cool while you do it. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter. Yes. You can find that linked in the show notes yep. every week or on the Maximum Fun blog. Yep. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's really great for us and helps us reach more readers. And now we we hit the 600 mark. So to thank you all for getting us to 600 reviews, we recorded a special AMA episode with the questions that you all submitted on various social media platforms. So if you want to listen to that, uh, we're going to be releasing it very soon and you can check that out. Uh, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Reading G Podcast, on Instagram at Reading Glasses Podcast, and you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag Reading Glasses Podcast. You can follow along with the Reading Glasses Challenge at hashtag Reading Glasses Challenge. And thanks for listening. And thanks for reading. Don't do it, Eleanor told the little girl. Insist on your cup of stars. Once they have trapped you into being like everyone else, you will never see your cup of stars again. Don't do it. And the little girl glanced at her and smiled a little, subtle, dimpling, wholly comprehending smile and shook her head stubbornly at the glass. Brave girl, Eleanor thought. Wise, brave girl. Shirley Jackson, The Haunting of Hill House. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.